You're listening to The Whole Spiel, a podcast from USA Curling that puts the spotlight on people who curl in the United States, people who are building the sport, and people who just flat out love it. In this episode, we talk with two fans of the game who give us their somewhat outsider perspectives on it. He's a writer for Golf Digest and other publications and the author of two bestsellers from Valentine Books, Slaying the Tiger, A Year Inside the Ropes on the New PGA Tour, and Chasing the Legends, The Rise of the Young Guns in Golf. Shane Ryan, welcome to the whole spiel. Dean, I love that you gave me credit for two bestsellers. Chasing the Legends is actually the British title of Slaying the Tiger. So they are, <laughs> they are, one, they are one book, but I will, I will take it. I will take two. And Chasing the Legends was not a bestseller in the UK. So I've got one bestseller, but I, I do appreciate that. I wondered why they were both published in the same year. I'm tempted to go back and re-record, but I don't, think... No, no, don't. Gone. Leave that. Leave All that, right. please. All right. For our Scottish listeners, they'll be able to find it under that name. <laughs> Next, he's an attorney, a writer, the host of his own podcast called Hostile Witness, and a guy who has curled at the Brooklyn Lakeside Curling Club, Charles Starr. Welcome to the whole spiel. Oh, thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, great to have both you guys. But the obvious question, I think, from a lot of listeners would be, uh, why would I have you two on a curling podcast? Granted, uh, because your curling resumes, let's face it, are a little light. Um, but here's why. You're both interesting, opinionated guys who have written or talked about curling from the perspective of people who are relatively new to the game. And part of my job is to figure that out. So I want to talk to you guys about how the sport presents itself, what you think about it, what you see, room for improvement. I'm going to start with you, Shane. You came to my attention and the attention of others when you wrote about discovering curling during the uh, pandemic on the ESPN app when they were covering the bubble play in Calgary. I think you carried on. You watched the World's Grand Slams. Uh, I really hope you watch the webcast of the U.S. National Championships in May, but I won't, I won't ask you directly. I'm just going to assume you did. But uh, for people who haven't read your article, and it's a good one, uh, tell me how you came to love watching the sport of curling. Yeah, curling is something that I have watched at the Olympics for a number of years. This was the first time I went beyond that and started watching, you know, the Scotties and uh, some of the, the Canadian events. And like you said, the world championships, obviously the U S nationals that I definitely watched online, uh, all that stuff. You know, I just really like curling. It's a nice hypnotic sport. There's a lot of tactics. The more you learn about it, the more you appreciate it because it's a game with a, a lot of depth. And, um, you know, incidentally, I would recommend any American journalist as a sort of cottage industry to write about curling because you'll be asked by every Canadian radio station. I think there are seven uh, to come on <laughs> and then talk about it. They, Canadians love when Americans get into it. But no. And then the other thing I should mention is that um, uh, a friend of ours, a friend of Charles and, our, uh, and mine started some curling pools where we actually kind of, you know, we all put in five, 10 bucks and, and started betting on these people who we'd never had heard of before, like Brendan Botcher, my new hero, my new athletic legend. Uh, and so that really kind of heightened our interest. And yeah, I think I got more into curling and learned a lot more about it than I ever had before. So this was a, a betting pool just among your group. You weren't uh, online betting. It was just within your group. Right. Just, yeah. de just degenerates known to each other. Is that how you got involved in Shane's curling addiction, Charles? Is that what fueled uh, it? No, I mean, it, like it, they were somewhat simultaneous, but I mean, I I also am a mostly Olympic year curling fan, right? It would be the kind of thing where uh, 
you know, I, I think I t even tweeted this like 10 years ago or something where I was like, if you asked me if I would pay $50 an hour to watch curling, I would say no, but then you'd have to explain to me why I haven't left my apartment yet um, <laughs> when I was getting paid by the hour to be at my job. But I was watching like the early morning broadcasts from an overseas Olympics where the time zones just didn't match up with my lifestyle at all, you know? And so I would, I would just get really into it. You know, it was, I think the first year, I won't remember the year, but it was the first year the Norwegians were wearing jester pants. 2010. That uh -huh. was 2010 when they brought it. That was a big year of the Vancouver Olympics. Those were big ones. The 2014 you know. was definitely tough viewing because it was from Sochi. Yeah. Really had. I should add, too, Charles, that you, uh, you live in New York, so you do have a lot of entertainment options outside your front door here, too. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, who leaves the house? <laughs> I'm too old for that. Um, and, so, but I, and so I got really into watching Olympic curling. And then when the Lakeside Center opened up with curling, you know, it just seemed like something that would be, like simultaneously fun and ridiculous to do because I'm old and out of shape and completely inflexible. And it's uh, finding out a chance for success as a result. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, but I mean, it wouldn't make me any less successful than my <laughs> other athletic endeavors. So, you know, it's just something fun to do. And like finding like when you get there and they have the crutch, uh, I was like, all right, these are my people. <laughs> they've accommodated, they've they've accommodated like my me. lifestyle. They have sliding aids, delivery aids. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, um, real quick, let's cover this, sports betting and curling. Because I know, uh, Shane, you probably cover sports betting a bit. I know that, you know, in all sports, it's becoming a thing. Uh, curling has some funny things, right? Because suddenly people just quit. Were you guys ever betting and then wondering, did you ever bet any spreads or anything like that? So, yeah, for our pool, it was mostly, I think we did it, you know, it's like a Google form that you filled out before everything happens where you're picking your favorite teams, who's going to win, who's going to do this. So there was nothing like that where you're betting on the actual outcome uh, of curling. And the, you know, the funny thing is I do write about sports betting a good amount and just never do it. I'm really not into it. Uh, I have a number of gambling addicts in my family, so <laughs> I should. I should be like, I should take it to it like a fish to water, but I don't really do it. But yeah, so... You know, in curling, I can only imagine how deep you could go and how frustrating yeah. it could be when, yeah, someone in the eighth end is just like, man, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the only thing we had anything like that was there was like one prop bet where you would predict the team that you would like picked to advance, how many big ends would they have, uh, you know? And so like there were certain things where, you know, uh, where, uh, you know, one of the powers is like blowing out one of the my you know one of the teams that's just sort of and there was there. still something to cheer for you know, like manitoba well no it's i when you were like disappointment the opposite would be like manitoba is playing in nunavut and then it ends after six ends and you'd have four fewer chances for them to drop a four or something and you're like oh come on you the know? fact that the fact that Charles Starr from Brooklyn is talking about Manitoba and Nunavut makes me laugh quite a bit. But it's uh, great. 
Let's let's talk about now, Charles. You played. I, I was I was involved a little bit in the start of the Brooklyn Club, and, uh-huh. and you played there. And for for people who don't know, it's it's uh, a covered ice facility with uh, but open on the side, so it's outdoor curling. Yeah. And I would definitely describe the conditions as rustic. And there's an effort now to build a better facility in Brooklyn. But what was your first time out on the ice like when you went there? You got this the delivery aid. You had that happening. Uh, the first time out on the ice was. Uh, ignoring advice that my body didn't believe, which is they tell you, and I think everyone listening will laugh, but they're like, you don't put your weight on the stone. Yes. You don't put your weight on the stone because you're about to let it go. Right. And the first two times I threw a stone, I crashed my knee into the ice so hard I nearly threw up. (laughs) because I had all of my weight going forward into the spot where I let go. And I mean, you learn some hard lessons that way. You came Um, back. You came back. back. I mean, you know, I I was there for a full season and, you know, like you figure it out and, you know, but that was the thing. It was, it's like, it is a very funny facility because half the people playing are like me, you know, people who just think it's an interesting thing to do. And half of them are like, transplants from Canada or Michigan who are used to playing in pristine conditions back home who now find themselves playing on a hockey rink with recreational skating seven days a week. Oh, so yeah. It's all pitted and horrible. You say that it's got a roof and open sides. Depending on the weather, you have pools of water on the ice. The roof is condens- is the condensation is dripping oh, yeah, it's tough. while you're playing. It's like the conditions are really, really bad because the stone will just be moving and then hit, you know, a Water. patch and just stop dead. Yeah. Like there's not an invisible easy. wall. I have so, so it's hilarious. I have so much respect for our arena curlers. Like not you guys are extreme, but anybody even plays on skating ice. It's a, it's a huge effort to do it every week, week in and week out. There is an effort underway to build the Brooklyn curling center that I hope you'll hear more about uh, mm-hmm. going forward. So there, there is an effort. I, I actually think the sport would go really well there. Shane, I want to ask you something. I'm always thinking about how do we get more people to play our sport? Now you lived in Durham. You didn't even know there was a curling facility near you. I don't think, did you? No, I did know about the triangle. You know? Okay, yeah, I, I knew, I knew of it. You know, it's been what six years, five, six years. It's been around. So, Eight so years. what can we learn from what you know about golf? Uh, about to get more people playing our sport. Is there any lessons from golf that that we could take? <laughs> you know, that's a, <laughs> it's a good question. Golf had a boom during the pandemic because it's an outdoor sport with a lot of distancing. You know, just by the nature of how people play. Right. Currently, I guess would not be like that. So that's that's not a lesson you can take. You know, I think it's kind of a tough sell in some places because of the cold factor of it. Golf Mm -hmm. is something where you can go outside. Here's what I would do. I hate the summer. I hate the summer so much. It's getting worse all the time. Where you are, especially. Yeah, yeah, where I am. But anywhere. I mean, like where Charles is, too. New York City is really not that much different from Durham, North Carolina. It's it's miserable. I would say for people who want to do something that is, you know, has a little bit of a physical fitness element to it. It's a game. It's competitive. Right now, if if you told me like, oh, he, here's a group of friends, like five of you can go have fun and curling and learn a new sport, and during the summer months you can be somewhere cold, I would I would seize that. So I would 
if I were you doing my promotional materials, I would paint a contrast with global warming and embrace, just like golf embrace the pandemic, you can also embrace an ecological catastrophe to, to grow your sport. I, and I will say, from what I can tell, both sports have like a real camaraderie and drinking culture in them you know like it's a thing you know you can't do it at the highest level while slamming back beers but for no. like introducing people to the sport they're both foursome sports right like you go out there with a bunch of friends you know and like in golf you're competing against each other and curling you're like together as a team but it's like it's really good in that way you go with a group of people you know you've got like this block of time where you're working together and you've got you don't even need to refrigerate your beers yeah i mean it's um you know it's one of the interesting things i think about curling versus golf for instance like golf if it's four guys that go away for a golf weekend they are competing against each other if you're four guys that go away to curl in a bond spiel somewhere you're actually competing with each other but it's a sort of same dynamic so I, i think that's a big a big plus for it but um, you know, I think of things like Top Golf and stuff like that, and I, I, I wonder, Shane, how much you think that has driven some of the growth in golf. Maybe I don't. You know, I, I'm a little bit cynical about that. Where I, I think people, yeah, I think, you know, I think golf was on a major decline before the pandemic. It was. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, yeah, it was down. It's. I mean, it takes a long time to play. I mean, curling. I guess you could say. I'll be honest, I'm not an expert on how it works at the rec levels, but I think it is kind of a long sport. I mean, you're committing two and a half to three hours at least, right, if you're playing a match. Well, you point out a good thing that one of the things to consider for clubs to consider is shorter games. I mean, some yeah. clubs are playing six end games or it's an hour and a half or they're, you know, or they're playing triples in there, so they're playing less. But yeah, for you as a new player, I think if, you're, if somebody told you, oh, it's a three-hour commitment, it's probably a lot, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, if you have kids, if you have a family, it's just like golf right. in that sense. Um, but again, there is that escapist aspect of it where the length is not always a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, if you, you want to go out with friends, you want to have a right. night. And you can play all the time. You can play when it's dark. Unlike golf, you can be a league thing that you do instead of bowling or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to it. I think it, I think there's a lot of appeal there. It's just sort of getting over that hump of it not being something that we know as americans and something you know unless again unless you're from minnesota or michigan or whatever it's not something innate to you it's not something natural just like i don't know in canada like i'm trying to think of a, a sport that I, I can't even do it maybe like soccer in canada like it's just Field not, lacrosse yeah yeah i was gonna say but lacrosse they actually do play there yeah, but anyway in the box. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just like introducing a new sport to i guess a crowded sports landscape is never right. never easy yeah i always think we're like if you were going to talk to a kid i mean we'd be like number 27 on a list of sports to work through before they get to curling right so let's talk about the elite level play for a minute though if you were from what you saw watching on the espn app from what you've seen at the olympics uh both of you get to be commissioner of curling for a year and uh and what do you what do you think about changing changes to the elite level i honestly could not I, I am arrogant about a million things and I cannot think of any insight that I could bring to the elite level game. <laughs> you know, like I, there is nothing that I think I would say out loud that hadn't been said like a million <laughs> times by smarter people. And it's like, it's like the first time anyone hears about it. it I feel like all I would do is introduce like a big fat goalie theory 
Like the first time anyone watches hockey, they're like, why don't you just have a big fat goalie and block the whole thing, right? It's like an infallible solution for an amateur opinion. And I have, I have nothing to add to like, I love watching sort of elite curling. I'm surprised at how informative the announcers actually are sort of like hitting that balance between the people who really know it newbies like me. I don't know. No notes. No, no. It's, 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 I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited that our sport managed to stump a New York attorney. So maybe maybe uh, Shane, the uh, the golf guy, might have some thoughts though. Well, I think you can improve curling by treating it like the best genre of television, American reality television. I would have uh, confessional booths set up where when it's not your turn, the other team can go uh, <laughs> gossip about the opponent. Uh, I would have really quick cutaways all the time. I wouldn't show every shot. I think what you need is more also um, Bob Costa style Olympic features. And so, you know, I don't think we need to see more Dean than maybe the last shot of every end before that. I want some real syrupy kind of features on the players where it talks about that one time they rescued a turtle in none of it. Nothing but hardship. Yeah. Nothing but hardship. I was, I was was believing you until the last shot of each end is all we (laughs) need. No, no, no. I was just, I was just thinking of ways to ruin it as an American. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, really bring, ask people like us for ideas, and uh, yeah, it'll, we'll just destroy. We'll just destroy we, we'd like to make curling gross here. Right, yeah. right. Shouldn't, what shouldn't the defending do? team be able to block the stone? Yeah, yeah. You should have one stone you can block, and then I, you know, what I don't like about it is that there's not enough advertisements on the ice and on the players' gear. <laughs> I want to see like Monsanto play a bigger role. In I mean, you do get a lot of knowledge about seeds when you watch yeah. some of those Canadian <laughs> events, not so much down here, but hopefully, you know, we can get some seed sponsors too. Um, no, I, but I really actually the real answer. I'm with Charles. I love, I love the announcers. I think they're super informed and they never try to do too much. That's one of the cool things about discovering curling is that there's a purity to it because it's a, I guess within North America, it's a geographically limited sport. It, in the U.S. especially, and it hasn't been corrupted. In some, it feels like it hasn't been corrupted in some way. I'm sure Canadians would say, oh, it's been, it's not the same as it used to be, but uh, like when they had whisk brooms. But I, you know, I just kind of like that. It feels like you're discovering this like uh, pure little island that nobody heard of before. I mean, so the people who talk about the game in a real tactical way, the physics, yeah. the strategy, the whatever, and they don't spend a lot of time the way most big ticket sports in America do with all this sort of bombast and armchair psychology. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's plenty of that, but it really doesn't bleed into the broadcast where everyone sort of dwells on this kind of external drama. They're like, here's the game. We're throwing rocks at a bullseye <laughs> and it like it's it's really simple in description and really complex in execution and here are some really good ex players to tell you why they did or didn't like that last shot and there's no bs underneath it they're just smart people who aren't hostile to the athletes they're covering it's kind of a beautifully unsullied thing so that's let's say one thing i love dean is that the central aspect of the sport, the thing it's named after, the fact that the stone curls is still inexplicable. Nobody can, nobody knows for sure why the stone curls. Nobody can quite explain it. I love that. 
I love like it's, it'd be like saying like no, we don't know what a curve. We don't know about the Magnus effect. We don't know why a curveball breaks. We just don't. I mean, curling, no, curling. It's called curling. Nobody knows why it curls. It's awesome. What's amazing is we didn't even really know what sweeping did until like 2015, 16. Like we were actually doing, <laughs> at, even at the elite level, we were doing some things completely backwards according to the science. And now we've reached a point where we actually do understand it a little bit more, we think. We're not entirely sure. It is it is interesting. The physics can't be quite explained. Um, so so your your message for as a broadcast property is just don't screw it up. You, you think that's, that's the way to go with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fine line, right? Right. I don't know that Shane and I are a super representative. Yeah. I don't think you're representative at all. Actually, you have a lot of things. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) We're like high weird. We intellectualize this stuff in a dumb way. We like, but it's, it's what, it's how we sort of really enjoy it. Like it, it hits the pleasure buttons for us because like even though I'm a huge fan of like the big bombast sports, but I only like the actual sport itself, not yeah. the stuff around it. And curling seems to sort of actually make all of the commentary feel real too. And then too, there's a the thing of like, yeah, okay. Like maybe Charles and I are not representative, but we were attracted to curling along with a lot of other people in our small <laughs> social circle. So it's like, what was it that brought us, uh, you know, a couple of weirdos, but there's, you know, we're a big country of 300 plus million people. There's, you know, we can multiply the weirdo factor. There's a good, there's a good amount of weirdos out there. And then money and weirdos, yeah, so much money and weirdos, a lot of profit. Uh, but you know, the, the other option is to go, okay, yeah, well, how would we sex it up and, and make it, you know, really attractive to like normal people in America. I think the answer is you could probably do that. You'll ruin your own sport and then you won't succeed anyway in getting in getting the non-weirdos on board. So I say just keep it like it is and the weirdos will come slowly but surely. Just with more coverage. I think we just need to see it more. It would be helpful. You need to I see think. it more. No, no. And you, we joked about the U.S. Nationals. I don't even know if I knew that was happening. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, exactly. And it could be, you know, it should be a good property. And, and um, I mean, there's a number of things too within the game. I mean, I'd love... We'd all we'd love to see a time when actually you win the U.S. Nationals and you get you get money for that, like you do in other right. events. Because right now you don't. I could just imagine the golfer who wins the U.S. Open being told there's no paycheck, but he gets a nice trophy and a crest. Right. Right. I mean, I mean like it's funny. I'm also a big um, Olympic and college wrestling fan. And there's uh, a lot of that too, where like the need to sort of break out of the regional bubble and to feel less like a niche sport and to you know be able to find like a real career and money in it is like a a thing that the community talks about internally all the time it's hard well, to well one of the things you, you touch on how many americans are i mean one thing i've always thought is you look at a city like new york you need a tiny percentage of people to embrace curling to have a really successful curling facility i mean mm-hmm. part of the problem with our sport is weird we started in these smaller population centers and i love playing in those but if we I mean, you need point zero 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 two nine percent of the people in New York to like curling and you have a successful facility, right? Yeah, but so, then we're just complaining about the wait times. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and I mean, the, the club, the club, well, we can, we can deal with the complaining. That's all. Yeah. Right. But, but the club that, that Shane is near, Triangle Club, has done well because there, I mean, there's certainly no curling culture before it started really there, but it does well because it's a fairly large metro area. You know, I'm trying to think of sports that have caught on that are newish sports. And the one that comes to mind is pickleball. 
Yes. Pickleball's uh, angle, though, is basically like if you're too old to play, run around the tennis court anymore, pickleball is your thing. And, nice. and it's really grown like a crazy amount. I don't know if curling has that same angle because curling is physically rigorous, right, to a certain yeah. degree. I mean, it's not something that uh, you – oh, yeah, okay, when you're done bowling. <laughs> when, you're, right. when you're a bowler who turns 70, you go curl. It's not, it's not like that at all. Um, yeah, so it is. It's a tough question. I mean, I'm sure you think about the question every day of your life, Dean. And Yeah. yeah. What, what I, mean, I, think, I mean, I think curling's biggest obstacle is ultimately that, like, soccer, you need a ball and grass – and curling, yeah. you need like a dedicated facility with like a lot. <laughs> like it's expensive yeah, right. to build a curling facility with temperature maintained ice and yeah. all of that. And so it's it's not it an ends easy up game having to, like a huge yeah. burden to right. kickstart it in some place that doesn't have it organically. I'm, I'm convinced that if we can show that it's a model that works in places like there's yeah. a new facility opening out in Los Angeles. Uh, there's uh, Mark Bulger from the NFL is opening one in Nashville. So I think if we get into some of those markets, uh, we can show that it's uh, a, a, a profitable. It could be a profitable venture, but you're right. It's a big initial thing. Somebody has to make an initial leap. Few people are. So yeah. hopefully that helps. But you're right. You can't just go out in the street and, you know, and uh, toss a couple rocks. Right. Or I was thinking. When Charles spoke, my mind went to, you know, kids in Brazil with, you know, the bottom of their feet are like leather because they grow right. up there with soccer. I'm like, right. do Canadian kids, are they out there in the snow like, <laughs> tossing little rocks along the streets? That's, you just got to bring that culture. You got to bring the youth street curling culture to America and you've got it made. Right. Yeah. Like, their, I, their toes are frictionless, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they moonwalk like no problem. They don't even have to try. So how did you guys do in your betting pools? Did you guys, who, who came out on top? Were you guys? I, I openly confessed this at the time, but I had a ringer. I'm friends with, I don't know if you know John Cullen. Yeah. Uh, Cullen, so John Cullen, Cullen, Cullen is a friend Cullen. of mine, yeah. and he is a former competitive curler yeah, who I know like, John did well. very well yeah. in the BC regionals yeah. a few times. Yeah. And I just had him make my picks at every level. Uh-huh. So you called in somebody. Shane I was called there. In a, like... I called in a ringer and I just missed the money on a few of them and then won uh, and then won the last. I won uh, Worlds. How did you do, Shane? I did quite well, actually. I think I, I Charles, you can tell me if I'm if I'm boasting out of turn, but I think I was probably the most successful over all of them. Uh, I won the the Scotties and I won the um What's the men's called? The Briar. Uh, I won that. Brendan Botcher came through for me, and it was the most dramatic pool victory of my life. I will, I will never forget the name Brendan Botcher as long as I live. I know he didn't do so well afterward, but that was that was perfect. And then I think, uh, is it Einerson? Yeah, Einerson and Scotties came through for me in a huge way. So yeah, I won both of those, and then yeah, Charles won Worlds. So and really I think and through. I think Shane finished in the money in Worlds too. Yeah, we were both did, did pretty well. Uh, yeah. You didn't have you weren't cheating, Shane. You weren't you didn't have something. You were, you were crunching the numbers. Well, I hope in the future we're actually you're talking about some of our U.S. championships too. That would be exciting. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this though, real quick before we go. I think Shane and, and Charles too. What would like so so you might try curling now. You're close to the Triangle Curling Club, Shane. I'm thinking you're going to try it when they get going again in the fall. What what would your ideal first experience at that club be like? Like what do you what would you like to have happen when you go there? 
go with friends? Do you want to like just show up and do it yourself? What's an introductory learn to curl session that you think would work for you? It's a good question. I think the answer you would get from most people would be, they'd be more comfortable going with a group of friends. I kind of like to do the opposite. I like to jump in and see what it's like just by myself. Uh, You know, those things always, no matter what little subculture you're talking about, the welcomingness of the people is huge always because you, you're going in somewhere, you've got your whatever insecurities and vulnerabilities you carry with you and you want to feel, you know, like you're in a friendly place. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, I, you know, I've got pretty thick skin, but I think for the average person, I think you want to feel you welcome the minute you step in the door. Like it's right. somewhere, even if you're stink at curling, which everybody would the first time you feel like, Oh yeah, this is a place I would like to come back to just socially. It's um, like that. Uh, what else? I will tell Shane from my experience that the answer is after a half hour of flashing the house and like having it go like 15 feet in front of you as you try to figure out the pacing, the first time you put it into the house is better than sex (laughs) (laughs) because it is like it is like a four year old throwing a strike with the bumpers up. You know, like it's a complete accident, but it doesn't matter. The joy is just overwhelming. Well, there's a thing I think with with learn to curls where you make the the, you reduce the pebble a little bit in the rings. So then the rocks do come to a bit of a screeching halt if they're going to go through. (laughs) Otherwise, they'll stop in there. But uh, hey, Shane, there's one other thing you did. We we forgot to mention that you have an idea for a new curling rule that you shared on another podcast I was on with you. And we should touch on it. Uh, How are you going to improve the game at the elite level? And this is funny. This is funny because before the podcast, we were, we were both like, what was that one good idea I ever had? It was it was excellent, but it did escape me. But yeah, uh, and I didn't remember you. And thank you for looking it up. So I think correct me if I'm wrong on my own idea here, but <laughs> I believe the idea we were kind of talking about, OK, we I think we were watching the Briar and there was a couple matches where there was just a ton of blank ends, you know, constantly. And it was it wasn't very dramatic for a while. And I think my idea was that if you are the team without the hammer, and you are taking your second to last throw, your second to last stone, and you can clear the house. Your, so your that last there's stone. Your last stone. Your la- yeah, sorry, your last stone, but obviously before the hammer, the other team's yeah. If you can clear the house, you force the team with the hammer to take a point and lose right. hammer. Which I, which I like because I think the, the complications of that extend back into the end. So in other words, it would be the team without hammer would be trying to peel one out of the rings if there was only one left. Uh, to force the other team to take one versus right where it is right now, where the other team f- peels went out with their last shot to blank. So yeah, I, I think it's worth a go. Anybody out there, I'd like to hear about a club somewhere that tries it or an event that tries that rule. So what do you think, Charles? You like that one? <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, always hate Shane's ideas. Um, All right. yeah. but, <laughs> but I do, I do think it would be worth watching to see how it alters the strategy like i think it's interesting enough to experiment with to see how it like how the strategy ripples yeah well hey i really appreciate both your your time today and i want to i want to thank you for coming on I, i i love to have people who are from outside and have some some unvarnished opinions even if the opinion is leave the sport alone that's that's good enough for me but uh, but, uh i hope you guys both get out on the curling ice this year too shane uh, charles thanks very much thank, thank you, you. That was Shane Ryan and Charles Starr on The Whole Spiel. You can find Shane's books on Amazon and learn more about both of them on Twitter. 
Shane is at Shane Ryan here, and Charles is at you Garls. He's Senator Lemon Gogurt or something in Twitterland. I'm Dean Gemmel, Director of Curling Development at USA Curling, and I hope you'll reach out to me with suggestions for future episodes or to share ideas that can help grow our game. Email me at dean.gemmel at usacurling.org. And remember to visit the USA Curling website to find news, get results, watch web streams, or check out some of the latest USA Curling merchandise and apparel. Be a member, be a supporter, be a fan but stay involved in the sport you love.